When people talk about Greece, they rarely mention Athens, but we're here to tell you it's the most underrated stop in Greece. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. This is the Travel FOMO podcast. My name is Hillary Halton, and I am here with my husband and my own, my very own Greek god. <laughs> my husband, Jamin. <laughs> Couchiopolis or something like that. <laughs> Jaminopolis. <laughs> Oh, man, you didn't see that one coming, right? No. I always try to throw a zinger at you when I introduce you. (laughs) We are in the middle of season seven, and we're sharing our insights from Mediterranean Europe, my favorite part of Europe. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I keep saying that, and I know I keep reacting that way with like, oh, my goodness, but... It's just, it just gets so good and it doesn't stop. And Athens was certainly a surprise. I think we felt Mm -hmm. like it was a, it was just a stop that was going to happen along the way. And it turned into a real joy for us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was really cool. It was like, well, we have to fly into Athens. We'll be there. We might as well see it. Yeah. And it was pretty incredible it was so cool and the thing that surprised me the most was how it was you have you have like all of the ancient history there merged Mm -hmm. with a really modern city yeah yeah there is like a lot of that and i was surprised at how entangled it all is yes i feel like some places you go and there's like well like strasbourg there's la petite france and it's all old and it's all there and it's this one little section of the city and you get outside of that and then you there's the modern parts of the city right but here it's all just interwoven together yeah there's not like a district it's like a modern district and like an old district it's like it's all woven together which is super cool yeah and yeah i loved the energy there too because they were super late night people Mm -hmm. which at that point we were like really getting exhausted on our trip. So we didn't leverage that as much as I wish we would have. Um, But you could just feel the energy build and build and build as the night went on. And it's so fun. Just such a fun experience. And I didn't know that about the culture, really. I didn't know that either. You know, Italy's that way too. Like big cities in Italy, it's, you know, the sun goes down, everybody starts coming out yeah. to, to have a good time. But I did not expect that of Athens. It yeah. is definitely that way. Maybe even more so than Italy. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to say. It's like the further south you go, you got Spain, you got Italy, you got Greece, and all of those places really thrive on late nights. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and we got in late our first night, so we were like... <laughs> right on top of it all (laughs) just really blending in with the culture (laughs) because we arrived like our flight came in from rome and we'd spent the whole day in rome like hanging out Mm -hmm. and then we went to um the airport hopped on the plane got to rome uh, got to athens around 11 p.m which is kind of late we wouldn't normally book that that late well we didn't book it that late oh it got changed get changed yeah our flight is actually supposed to be like a morning flight oh and that sounds more like us <laughs> yeah and, and ryan air uh, pulled <laughs> pulled a fast one on us yep and moved it to a really late night flight i forgot yeah, yeah. 
That's right. And it was a crazy flight. I was not used to, so most of the late night flights that I've been on, they turn down the lights, everything's really quiet, you might <laughs> sleep a little bit. Just tuck you into bed. Oh my goodness, this was so different. There was, the lights were on really bright the whole time. Mm -hmm. People were talking, but not just talking, they were like standing up turning around and talking to each other and like making conversations in the aisles like it was yeah. just like social hour yeah it was like being on a bus in the sky <laughs> <laughs> like there was just people everywhere kids everywhere people walking up and down the aisles yeah and just kind of mayhem yeah they were selling us stuff too i remember like That's they were right. selling lottery tickets mm -hmm. they were selling perfume um and then there were all kinds of announcements that would happen and it'd be like in english and all these different languages <laughs> and i think yeah. for the most part they were just trying to sell us stuff yes and it was but it was just constant noise and announcements and i was just surprised by that i didn't know so that was kind of funny yeah, I, I was definitely surprised by that, too. I was of the same mindset that you are. We're going to get on this plane. It's going to get off the ground and everybody's going to sleep for a couple hours yeah. until we land. And then we'll all like sleepily make our way off. But it was not the case. Nope. It was like it was like the party had started. And actually, once we landed, it was like the party had really started. Yeah. And then we like get off the plane. And I was so surprised too because it wasn't really clear where to go after that and we kept looking for customs and we could never find customs right. and we just ended up like walking out of the airport with our bags it, yeah. that was wild i i was really surprised by that too i think you know we've watched uh, several seasons of locked up abroad and i <laughs> oh, <laughs> always gosh. kind of like anticipate that getting into any country is going to be this big ordeal where they like <laughs> interrogate me and want to go through my away? stuff and um, like and so like i'm always ready i'm always like got my bag and i'm like hey look look through all my stuff you <laughs> could see all my like shorts and deodorant you can like yeah. have at it search it and i was just shocked that we got off got off the plane and out through the airport and i was like that there's cabs right out there yeah i I guess we're in. Yeah. Like I know. It was so got a like a passport in my hand. Like, does anybody anybody want to see this? Anyone no? stamp this passport? Okay. I kept thinking like my passport would at least get stamped. Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, I've been to Greece. But no, no, nope. no, none of that. None nope. of that. And in fact, I was afraid it was gonna be a problem when we went to leave because they'd be like, There's no record of you in the country. So hold up. <laughs> and so I didn't exactly know how that would work, but I guess if you were driving into the country you wouldn't have a stamp passport anyway, so yeah, whatever. Well, or, I, well, no, maybe you would. I don't know. If you're riding a train in, I don't know. It surprises me how much you worry about like someone letting you out of their country, because you did the same thing with Canada. Oh, you're yeah. like Canada's not going to let us out. TBD, guys, that's coming up <laughs> yeah. in a few more episodes. Make you can sure hear about you're that. subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> I always have something to worry. Crossing borders. You know, I think we did watch too much Locked Up Abroad. You're right. Yeah. We watched too much. And it's it just, just lingering there. And now I'm just always concerned that I might possibly be smuggling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but the cool part was 
um, it was late. And so we got a cab and our cab driver was driving like a bat out of hell. So it didn't take long to get to our Airbnb. <laughs> he was wild. And at first I second guessed myself because I thought maybe they all, maybe everybody drives like this here. But mm, then I started yeah. noticing that like, no, nobody else does. No, just him. Just him. So. Yeah. But he got us there really fast and we actually were really tired. And then he like showed up to our place and he was like are you sure this is the right place because there was like graffiti every well i assume it's because there's graffiti everywhere it felt a little janky and <laughs> i don't know like rough i guess you could say yeah um, well and i remember the like the numbers weren't very clear on the building right. and there was a lot of buildings that looked very similar to each other and i think he was thinking like he was going to take us to a hotel or something like that yeah. and we were in an airbnb and so it was he was dropping us off in this in this kind of dicey looking neighborhood and we were like yeah yeah we're, yeah, we're sure yeah. <laughs> unfortunately well and fortunately we got in no problem and yeah. the whole like self-check-in was like not a thing like mm -hmm. we had everything we needed it all looked right and made sense and before you know it we were upstairs in a really nice apartment yeah it was great it yeah. was uh, it was really nice. All the furniture was nice. All the furniture was comfortable, which mm -hmm. is kind of rare for an Airbnb, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you get like one piece of comfortable furniture and that's a used piece and then the rest is like what does IKEA have that is on sale? Oh, funny. <laughs> and like so but this place was nice. Everything was great. Yeah. Super clean. We had this modern. amazing view of the Acropolis. Yes. The highlight. So great. Like we had this amazing patio outside and we're like, I don't know what floor we were on. We were pretty high up mm -hmm. and we had this great view. Like the Acropolis was like eye level. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, through some of these streets and stuff, but you could see it all lit up at night, which was really magical. Yes. And if you do go to Gre if you do go to Athens, just know that there are a lot of Airbnbs that offer you that kind of view. Mm -hmm. It was something where there were several we could have chosen from, and um, it's incredible. Definitely take advantage of that because it really adds to your experience. I agree with that a lot, and it the you know the Acropolis is up on top of this hill. Like you said, they light it really well at night. It's really cool. And if you do have that view of it, it's just a constant reminder of where you are. And really, you know, I feel like a lot of times if you go to a hotel or an Airbnb, if you can't see out, you can kind of get in this mode, particularly if you travel a lot of like, you're just in another place, but you, you kind of don't realize where you are. And so you don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. But with that constant reminder, like you never kind of leave that mode like you're always in it yeah even when you're in the shower <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. had like this little window and you could still see the lit up acropolis at night through while you're taking a shower through this little window <laughs> and i was like i mean you know i would i would include that as a selling point <laughs> yeah it was, it was really cool i liked it yeah, well, and it was really a highlight to the Acropolis because um, the next morning we went up and went on a run there mm -hmm. and it was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Our Airbnb was was really close where it was runnable distance to that. And we ran to it and to get to it, you sort of wind your way up around the mountain. So we ran completely all the way around it and wound up like kind of like a candy cane, like working our way up 
to yeah. um, up to Mars Hill and the Acropolis and that Which was we a didn't really cool. know it was Mars Hill. No, we didn't know it at the time. We found that out later, but uh, yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that run, and you can see the Acropolis the whole way because it's up on top of this hill that you're going to, and you're kind of going through a neighborhood and by some restaurants and and things like that, and then into this park, and you as you're working your way up, and it was incredible to me that a lot of the streets and the sidewalks were marble. I thought that was amazing. It was really fancy. Yes. And we're talking about like white marble, like you would see in a nice hotel, like yeah. in the, in the floor, like the floors of the lobby, of a really <laughs> yeah. nice hotel is the sidewalks that we're running on. Yeah. I was blown away by that. Yeah. Nobody mentions that. You think of, of honestly, I think of Athens and I think of it being this really old, hot city and yeah. it was so much more than that. It was like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that run was really awesome. So many great photos that we have of, of the Acropolis from that run. Yeah. Well, and just to, um, some things that I learned along the way was that the Acropolis is really just the name of the hill itself mm-hmm. that everything sits on. So on top of the Acropolis, then you have the ancient Parthenon, uh, building and some other Greek ruins. And so, um, just to kind of give you guys some, some context, this old hill with all this important stuff on it, this important ancient ruins, that hill is called the Acropolis. And then within it, there's um, some uh, really important pieces to it. Um, And then right next to it, kind of on your way up, was the Mars Hill um, location that you were talking about. Will you tell people a little bit more about that? So Mars Hill was um, kind of where there used to be like, a a courtroom of Athens where like the elders would get together and make decisions. And, um, it has this view of the Parthenon and, and so on. And, um, it was kind of a, an area where people would gather and a lot of important stuff happened. Um, if you are familiar with, um, the Bible in acts, Paul, uh, the apostle goes to Athens at one point and, preaches a sermon from Mars Hill. And so it's kind of this place where everyone would come together and would sort of be this, this meeting of the minds, um, you know, during all of Greeks heightened, um, time of philosophy. That's where a lot of those conversations would, would take place. So like Plato and Aristotle and, and those would be there in this area. And now it's just kind of a pile of rocks um but that's where everyone would would kind of gather kind of like this city square almost yeah it's also called called uh aeropagus aeropagus hill um aka mars hill and mars comes from Ares. Ares was the god of war and so i really need to learn a lot more about the greek gods because it's fascinating, especially being a Christian and, and knowing how the worshiping of other gods play is, is really spoken about a lot in the Bible. And so I think that's so fascinating and to under, it helps you understand the context of how the Bible was written and why it was written that way. And so I felt like we learned a lot about that while we were here, but there's still so much more to dig into when it comes to Greek mythology and everything. 
Yeah. So a little bit about Athens and kind of Greece as a whole. Um, in Athens itself, if you're looking for a good food scene, um, there is a neighborhood for that. They call it the, uh, I think it's Plaka, Plaka mm-hmm. yeah. neighborhood, uh, P-L-A-K-A. And that's where all the foodies should go if you're there. <laughs> yes. um, and then also one thing I thought was really interesting that we learned was that Greek wine is not exported very often. So if you're looking for Greek wine here in America, you're probably not going to, it's going to be hard to find. Right. And that's just because exporting it is it's just too expensive for their wineries, but it's really good wine, and they invented wine, which is so fun to think about. That is like that is cool, and I tried fact checking that, and I got diff I got differing results, mm-hmm. so I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. But we were told that. Okay. Um, we were. I do remember. Yes, that. we were told that, but you see different things different places. But we do know <laughs> that the Greeks were. Very early on, adapters of wine, if they didn't invent it. (laughs) And it was very good. Like, we had some while we were there, and the only reason that it's not more popular is it's just really expensive to export. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it would probably be sought after other places. So Parthenon also, um, so it's one of the ancient ruins that's up on top of the Acropolis. And it was actually, it's all crumbled and, you know, looks like it's so old and that like, you know, probably thousands of years ago it started to fall apart. But in reality, it was completely intact until about 300 years ago. It was hit during the war in the 1600s that they had. Um, and after it had been taken over and um, it was just, it was basically destroyed by, by gunpowder by an enemy. Um, so anyway, I just think that's kind of fascinating that it lasted so long yes. before it was destroyed. Yeah, absolutely amazing that, uh, that a building could stand and is still partially standing. Right. Despite having been destroyed in 1600s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, and the way they built it was so interesting because the floor of it is like six six inches taller in the middle. And it makes it look a little bit more, um, I guess, bigger and more symmetrical. Um, but they they did that for a reason, and um, and they did it, something kind of similar with the pillars to make them look really straight when you look at it, um, and it makes it look better. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's not as symmetrical as you would think. Yeah, I yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. That it's designed and was designed in ancient times with that thought in mind of like we need to make this look, and so we're going to engineer it so that it looks more straight when it actually isn't yeah well and then um something else they taught us was that the eyes on the old statues that a lot of the statues you see the eyes are usually missing and and the reason why is because there were likely jewels in them or stones that were taken later and rest- and, and repurposed um so it was like that's a really expensive but can you i mean i just have to stop and think about can you imagine statues that have like rubies in the eyes or yeah. emeralds or some kind of like amazing gemstone that would like be in the eyes crazy. yeah yeah that that would be wild and it is it makes so much sense when you see statues like that and you see like everything's perfect and like the hair is perfect and all this and then the eyes just look weird yeah and you're like that's really strange but then you find out oh it's because they've been plundered basically they've been looted 
and they would have had jewels there mm-hmm. to to make them sparkle and appear more real um that would be insane to see yeah yeah well some other fun facts is um while we were on a tour we actually um stopped to get some coffee and one of the popular things there is an iced cappuccino that they call the fredo cappuccino um so if you're there be sure to order a fredo cappuccino um it's really popular and it's just you know it's basically you like a, a frappuccino while we were there Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought yep, we stopped did. at a coffee shop and I was like, whatever they're doing, I'll take one of those. And <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, it's so warm there, especially during the summer. That was kind of like it was a no brainer. Like, of course, I want one of those. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the uh, we also found out that kudos is a Greek term and it means uh, the glory of victory. That's right. So when yeah. you give kudos to somebody. You're giving them the glory of victory. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of cool too. You know what? I might have to remember that because I use kudos all the time. Mm-hmm. And I might have to like, just like throw it out there. Like, throw a knowledge I don't know what bomb I would say. on somebody. Yeah, I'd be like, the glory of victory to you, Jamin. So, well, actually, <laughs> kudos means. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd be that person. <laughs> What's really funny is that we use so many Greek terms in words and stuff in our vocabulary and yet we still say it's all greek to me and it's like <laughs> yeah. well it's kind of funny because we actually use like greek is a huge greek <laughs> words and language is a really big part of our language yeah a lot of what we have is rooted in it yeah but <laughs> well we went uh later that day uh, on a walking tour uh, where we found out a lot of these a lot of these cool facts but it was um led by a guy named uh, it was Stavos. Stavios. Mm-hmm. And um, he was he was a really good tour guide. Um, he was a lot of fun. He grew up in Greece, but he spoke um, he spoke very good English. And he actually spoke a few different languages. And he kind of pulled the group and would would basically like give a little like give his talk in English, and then he would give it in another language. And then I think he did like two or three languages that he would kind of talk to people through um, as we went on this walking tour. And he just kind of led us around and would just kind of hang out with us and tell us cool stuff about about Athens, which yeah. I thought was a lot of fun. It wasn't this, um, he really knew his stuff, but it wasn't this memorized speech yeah. so much as like coming to a spot and like standing on a place and being like, and here you see the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But he would give you all the facts, but kind of tell it more as a story um, or start it at least with something really interesting. And so he was really easy to follow, um, despite it being like a thousand degrees. And uh, he had a lot of a lot of really cool stuff to tell us. Yeah, he um, it was very informal, though. And he informed us that he's not actually qualified to be a <laughs> a tour guide and he was explaining that like i'm not a tour guide this is just friends walking together if anybody (laughs) asks we're just friends so i thought that was really funny um that uh i guess there's some actual criteria or something that comes with being a a uh walking tour guide yeah i think he wasn't certified but uh but he did a great job anyway well then he he explained to us that uh Greeks that believed that your mind is healthy through the health of your body 
And so um, boys would start in gymnastics really early and it, and it was required. Um, and uh, men over 18 have to serve in the military for nine months uh, when you're there. So as, as a male, you turn 18, you're going into military and they all do it, uh, which is really interesting. And um, you have to be in shape to do that. And so it was kind of this idea of like fitness is very valued there and sort of reinforced and taught from a really young age, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, we have so many problems in America that are related to obesity and, and it's such a, it's such a big thing that we deal with here and over there, like they really seem to have this kind of solution for it and just make themselves a lot healthier by really prioritizing it. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And good. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Also, 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 <laughs> also Athens is the birthplace of Thede. Which I'm a big fan of, guys. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and uh, Ophelia, I think I'm saying that right. Ophelia is a play that they have in the theater every night in English that you can mm-hmm. go watch. And it's right there near the center of town. And we did not do that. I think it's even an outdoor theater. And I really wanted to. We were just fitting in so much stuff. It was so hard. And... Yeah. um. But man, looking back, that seems like a really missed opportunity. I'm like bummed about that. I do remember Athens almost as much as anywhere else was a place that I was like, man, I wish we just had one more day. For sure. I wish we just had one more day because there was so much that to see and do. And we did as much as we could. But man, it uh, it was it would have been great to go see theater in in the birthplace of theater. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that they, one of the facts that he was sharing with us is that um, classic Athens was originally just like a two-story kind of city. Um, and there was a law against building taller than the Parthenon. And um, earthquakes were all, were always a really big concern too. So if I'm remembering things correctly, classic Athens had like two stories. Mm-hmm. And there was like this law against building taller than the Parthenon and earthquakes were a concern and all of that. But later on um, in the 50s and 60s, they kind of embellished to like add some taller buildings. Um, but I just think that's kind of fascinating because if you do if you look out like it's not like it's kind of a more horizontal city yeah it's like pretty obvious they don't like really built up yes so i think that's well and there there was that one kind of neighborhood that we went through that he walked us through that was like this is more symbolic of what the city was prior to the 50s and 60s and it had those restaurants and you know we went and and drank wine on the steps of one of them and it's really kind of a, a little cool part of the city that didn't get built up and didn't get changed. And you can kind of still see how it was back in the day, which was a lot of fun to to kind of walk through as well. Yeah. Well, it's really cool, too, because for that reason, the reason and because they don't build very tall there, you really do get to see the Parthenon from so many different angles. Yeah. And that's really special. Mm-hmm. And if they did put in all these skyscrapers, that would really prohibit it from being such a huge part of the city. And so it, it makes a lot of sense and I like it. 
I think yeah. that's unique, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely cool. Uh, well, and he told us a lot about the Greek, the Greek Orthodox Church. Um, it's very popular there um, and is a very big part of, of the culture, especially in, um, in recent years. Like in modern Greece, a lot of people have kind of started to leave the church and move away from it. But um, through the last few hundred years, like it, it's been a huge part. And he got, he told us a kind of a lot about, uh, about that. And we got to go into, on our walking tour, we got to go into a church and see it for ourselves. And that was a, a cool, unique experience, especially having come from Rome and been, been in so many Catholic uh, churches, getting to go into a Greek Orthodox and kind of see how it's a little bit different. Uh, I thought was was interesting. Mm-hmm. I also loved how um, they in in Greece they celebrate your name day more than they celebrate your actual birthday, mm-hmm. which is kind of fascinating because I always, I mean, honestly, I always imagine them to be the same day. <laughs> but um, I guess you know maybe there's this process of like naming somebody and you have a name day and that becomes like your real celebratory day every year. Yeah. So a little different than uh, the way we do it in America with birthdays. If you're listening to this, you like a good adventure. And if you like a good adventure, you might enjoy following the fights. It all started with Mars and Ashley's bold decision to travel full-time in their converted Sprinter van. Fast forward six years, they've seen all 50 states and backpack countries like Thailand and Guatemala. It's been one daring decision after another, and now they're braving another big adventure, building a creative retreat in the Colorado Rockies. Find out what life could be like when you take risks. Follow the fights on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. But we also got to witness the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And that uh, takes place, it's right in front of Parliament where they have uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And it's this really elaborate uh, ceremony with um, this sort of crazy march that they do and that they have to learn. And we got to uh, to be there and witness it. and. Um, it's this really kind of selective thing to get to be a part of this guard. You have to be really good looking and you have to be really tall and really physically fit and only kind of the most elite slash visually appealing soldiers <laughs> like get to do it, uh, which I thought was really kind of an interesting aspect of it as well. And I think I know why, because they had to wear some really unique attire. So they had to really be able to sport their skirts with their pom-pom shoes and their white pantyhose and everything. Like you really got to make it work. So you have to be able to sport the look. Yeah. Well, I think we got some footage of it um, that will be in the YouTube video. So if you go check that out, you'll kind of get to see a little more of what we're talking about. But it uh, is a whole thing, but cool to kind of get to witness. Yeah, and it represents, as you can imagine, just like in America and Washington, D.C., the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier really represents any fallen soldier from war. And so when they do, they, they guard it religiously, and then they change those guards, and the changing of those guards is the really powerful moment, and it's a real big ceremony. It's very cool. Yeah. Well, and the military is such a big thing there. A lot of, you know, all the, all males have to serve. And, um, but I didn't know that there's long standing conflict 
between Turkey and Greece. And so the Greeks and the Turks are still kind of feuding and there's almost daily dogfights over airspace. Oh, that's right. I didn't so, know that either. So like planes shooting at each other almost daily. Still like and it's just this kind of like squabbling back and forth where they're not really at war, but they don't like each other. And so they're both kind of chippy with each other. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating, too. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, Yeah. And he was just telling us stories of that. And you're just like, wow, had no idea. I mean, I'm ashamed at how little I know as an American, how little I know about other countries. Yeah. So, yeah, this this tour really did kind of shine a light on. On how unaware we are of a, of a lot of stuff. Yeah. One of the things I thought was really kind of fun to see as somebody who has run some marathons, I was really interested in seeing the stadium where where marathons really began. Um, so the Panathenaic Stadium probably butchering that um but it was for it was the first and only stadium to be built from marble all of the athletes there always had to compete naked so i'm really glad that i was not this incredible runner from greece (laughs) um the games happened every four years just like the olympics think about it um there was a monetary price during those games and um the wreaths were all made out of silver or gold that's cool that's really cool and if you think about it a lot of you you can um when you're shopping in greece you can find a lot of especially in athens a lot of wreaths that are these gold leaves that Mm -hmm. um, women buy and wear just around in greece and especially in athens i guess it was really athens that we saw more than anywhere else but um kind of like a greek goddess if you can imagine that that was something that really came from these games because you would get a silver or gold wreath. Um, and then some other interesting facts about it. The stadium was reconstructed and became the first, the site of the first revived Olympic Games in 1896. So basically the modern Olympics was built, was born there at that stadium, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And the the site of the original marathon so there was war in greece and at the time greece was made up of basically city states and so marathon and athens were fighting um i believe the persians and they sent a a messenger uh, named phidippides i believe phidippides. and he ran to sparta to ask for help. He ran 200 kilometers to Sparta to ask for help. And the Spartans were in the middle of this feast and they basically were like, this feast is for the gods. We can't do anything until it's over. So we can't help you. So he had to run back and they fought this, this battle, the Athenians and uh, the marathon people, the people of marathon And they won the battle. And so they then sent him the next day after he's run to Sparta and back, they sent him to run to Athens and tell everyone of the victory. So he runs to Athens, 26.2 miles, tells everyone that they won and then drops dead. And so it is due to that 
that they they recreate that running to tell of the victory and that is considered to be a marathon because he ran from marathon to athens and that's the original marathon and where that distance come from comes from i before i ever knew this story i've heard a lot of people ask why is a marathon 26.2 miles and that's the reason and we got to go stand on the place where he came to which is where that stadium was built yeah so cool in a typical ancient greek tragedy (laughs) typical tragedy (laughs) it's really cool too because you can still run the original marathon what they would quote call the original marathon Mm -hmm. from marathon greece to athens greece and they do it every year i would love to do that one year i just think that sounds so powerful and yeah i just think that would be pretty moving yeah that that would be really cool and if you don't want to run a full marathon you can actually get into the panathianic stadium and run in the stadium yes Um, oh yeah and you had mentioned doing that but they were they opened really late didn't they yes so we were going to buy tickets and do it as part of our run um but they would they opened after the time that our walking tour started mm. we were like well we don't want to wait that late in the day to run and then we really want to take this walking tour and learn as much as we can so we ended up not getting to do it but it was another one of those things that i was like man if we were just staying one more day yeah we could do this too yeah but um yeah so you get to actually go run on the track in the stadium uh, which is is pretty cool that's so cool well, and we always hear about like the Olympics and stuff like that. And where do they even get the name Olympics? Well, the Temple of Olympia was where all the gods lived mm-hmm. in Greek mythology. And so that's kind of where they got Olympics from. One other thing that we did was we went to the Acropolis M- Museum. And so there's the Acropolis, you know, up this this hill with all this stuff on it. But then there's also this museum you can go to. It's again, it's got this amazing view of the actual Acropolis. <laughs> right. um, but we went there because it was um, really highly recommended. It's really nice, guys. Like they lay things out like they lay out the Parthenon in a way that allows you um, to really see your, it's kind of like you're standing inside of a, an example of it. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of standing inside the model. Um, all of the walls, all the exterior walls are completely glass. So you get to see out just as if you were up on the hill inside this itself because it had all these pillars, but it was open, you know, opened up and everything. And so you see all the pillars inside this museum and all this stuff. It's really well done. It also allows you to see all of the really interesting stuff in air conditioned space. <laughs> yes, which was which very nice. Amazing. Um and then you could later on you could go, you know, on top of the hill and kind of see the actual runs themselves. But I just thought it was really cool to get to experience all that same stuff within the museum more or less. Yeah. And they have a lot of statues and things. So much like the Duomo in Florence, if you listen to our episode there, a lot of the original statues and pieces from the Parthenon are actually in the museum. Yes. And recreations are in place outside in the actual Parthenon. And so you get to see the real statues and a lot of the stuff that was there. They're all very well marked. And so you kind of get to wander through 
and just be a person in the Parthenon yeah. um, and just experience it for yourself. Yeah, it was really cool. It's actually where, so I was doing a Rick Steves audio tour of the Acropolis. So I'm like, you know, like listening to this audio tour while we're inside the museum. And it's really helpful. Um, way to kind of like gather some facts and stuff. Did you end up tuning into that too? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he actually is the one who told us that we were on Mars Hill that morning. So we just knew we were on this, like this rock formation with this incredible view and like it felt significant, but we really didn't know what it was until we heard it in that tour, which was kind of crazy. So it's like, you know, six hours later and we're like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, some of the other, and he just tells you all kinds of interesting facts, but um, one of my favorite things is how um, Athena Nike is the goddess of military victories. And that's where we get the Nike brand. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun. It is fun. Yeah. That uh, comes from that, the goddess of victory. Uh, so cool. And I would definitely recommend that Rick Steves tour. You found it. And I was kind of skeptical, but he walks you through the whole museum and you just listen to it and tells you, okay, now move to this part and here's what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're ready to proceed to, to here. And it's really simple to follow Yeah, and amazing information. And completely free and available wherever you get podcast for the most part. Yeah. So all you need is your phone. You can also download it in advance. So if you're not getting good cell phone reception there, or if you will not have cell phone reception there, you could download on Wi-Fi and then um, use it when you arrive. So Yeah. So all we had to do was buy tickets to get into the museum. And then Rick, Tricky Rick, provided the uh, the tour. <laughs> yeah, I forget that you to call him Tricky Rick. We love you, Rick Steves. You'll never hear this, but we like think that you're awesome. Something sneaky about that guy. <laughs> What's your theory on Rick Steves? He's got to be up to something. Because he smiles a lot? Nobody, nobody wears Lee jeans and just travels throughout Europe and is happy about everything. That's not a thing. He's up to something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find it out. You also say something about how he's well-loved by the ladies, I feel like. I'm I'm just positioning myself to be one of the early opposition people in the Rick Steves documentary on Netflix. Whatever. Whenever it comes out and it's all uncovered. No, they'll be he talking is, to me. Uh-uh. I'll be sitting in a trailer out nope. in the woods and I'll be like, they, you knew they was up to something. I'll be like, yep, I knew it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am on the Rick Steves team and I believe that he is so wholesome and on the side, kind of in like the credits sometimes he'll, you'll notice that like, he'll like actually drink beers and have a really good time with people, but he's like so just an upstanding citizen in every country he visits or so he would have you believe well i believe it i believe Mm -hmm. it i'm 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 sucked in (laughs) (laughs) when you um went shopping we went through a flea market uh on our tour and they told in our tour guide stavros told us like that was the place that everyone went to go shopping and so you uh, could not be left out of that experience. I made a note of it and I like dropped a pin and I was like, I'm coming back here later. <laughs> and, uh, 
And he said it was a really important that you, um, like that you really bargain. So I was like a little nervous about that. And I did some bargaining. It wasn't like, didn't really feel like I was like scoring. And then um, I finally found this dress that I was like, okay, yes, this is a good one. I still think I paid too much for it, but I did get $10 off. So <laughs> I feel good about that. Um, and it, then it was kind of fun. Then I was like, oh, like I don't even care if I walk away with anything. I just want to like see if you'll like agree to my prize because then I win. You got addicted to haggling? I kind of did, which I've always let you haggle for me. I do not like to do it, but I was kind of challenging myself to like do it mm. like really do it and um and there were other dresses that I saw that I wanted and now I look back and I'm like man I should have gotten like $50 worth of, more worth of dresses because there was like <laughs> some great dresses and everything that I brought back from Europe I just adore yeah. and I can't find it anywhere. I can't even really find it online. And so I really wish I would have just bought the few more dresses. They didn't take up hardly any space because you're talking about these thin like dresses made of, you know, rayon or something. But um, yeah, it was it was really fun, too. I just I enjoy like wandering around with and shopping with no agenda. Yeah, it's really fun for me. So. <laughs> Well, in that night we went to dinner. Um, we wanted to get some street food and we went to a place called Falafelas. Falafelas. And um, it was just okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was a little disappointing. There were a lot of other cool places that were like, man, we should have just been willing to spend a little more on dinner yeah. and go. Like we had, you know, it We'd was. We'd done research too and thought it was going to be like this great place. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a miss. Like, but it was like dry. The pita bread was a little dry. It was like not really flavorful. I was like, what? And it was our first Greek meal. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was really bummed because I was, was absolutely looking forward to eating Greek food. Mm -hmm. And like, felt like I really dropped the ball. Well, but you made up for it, though, by eating dragon ice. Oh, that's right. That is right. A little smoky scenario, guys. Um, so it's one of these stations where you eat these, like, basically ice balls, and they're frozen with nitrogen, and so it makes your breath appear like a dragon's breath. And it's designed for little kids, and so obviously Hillary gravitated straight toward it. Absolutely. I mean, it was <laughs> incredible, and the footage is even better, so... Of all the things you're going to enjoy the most from the YouTube video, it's going to be seeing my not smoke come out of my nostrils <laughs> because it looks so cool. And it's not so much like eating ice as it is um, eating crunchy cereal. Like mm. it really tasted like kicks. Like gotcha. you're putting a giant piece of cereal in your mouth and but it's really cold and um, it can give you a little bit of like a brain freeze. But um it was super fun. Super <laughs> it was, fun. It, it goes quick, fun. though. So you got to, like, eat it fast and or you lose all of the ability to smoke it. <laughs> I guess you would say. But it made me think of my niece, uh, Everly, because she loves dragons. So <laughs> yes. I had to, like, send her a video of my nostrils flaring with smoke. That's too funny. funny. The next day leaving Athens was quite an adventure. 
with the uh, the ferry system, but we'll uh, we'll save that for uh, the next episode. You'll want to be t- be sure to uh, to tune into that. Make sure you're subscribed so that uh, so that you catch it. It was uh, kind of a brutal start to that day. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, yeah. but we thought we'd go island hopping. And it was just a little more complicated than we thought. So. Yes, <laughs> we we did make it to some islands, yep. but it was not in the uh, in the way that we had anticipated. Yes, tune in to hear us go to Peros, Mykonos, and Santorini. Yes, throwing that out there as a little teaser so that you really come in and and uh, and tune into that because. It's pretty incredible, despite our troubles with the fairies. So, and we'll give <laughs> yeah. you some tips on that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll walk you through it. But before we set sail from Athens, we do have a few facts about Athens that I thought were kind of interesting. Stuff that I really didn't know or hadn't considered before we went. Number one, it's Europe's oldest capital city and one of the oldest cities in the world. So it has been continuously inhabited since between uh, 4,500 and 5,000 BC. So, so old. Just an ancient city. And the oldest place we'd been since, other than that, was like, what, maybe? Probably Rome. Rome? Yeah. 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 And um, just just incredibly old ancient city, which is really cool. Its name comes from the goddess Athena. And the story goes that the people of Athens were going to name their city, and they were approached by the goddess Athena, as well as the god Poseidon. And both of them wanted the people to name the city for them. And so they gave the city two gifts. Poseidon gave them a fountain of salt water because he's the god of the ocean. And Athena gave them an olive tree. And they decided that the olive tree was a better gift. And so they named their city Athens rather than Poseidonopolis or something like that. Um, so that uh, is kind of a, an interesting origin story for the name. Um, it is the birthplace of democracy and it has experienced almost all forms of government at one time or another. That's interesting. So it's been invaded and taken over and, and just developed along the way and has been governed in all ways, which is a crazy thought. Yeah. I loved one of the facts that you found about Athens being over, um, that it sees sunshine more than 300 days a year. Yes. That's my kind of city. <laughs> you do love that, don't I you? I love sunshine. So it makes me so happy. Yeah. And um, more English is spoken in Greece than in any other European non-English speaking countries. That is really surprising. Yeah. So even like France or Spain or Italy, there's a larger percentage of Greeks who speak English than there are of English speakers in those other countries. That is so funny because I worried so much about the language barrier coming I did to too. Greece. I remember going into our trip, I was like, okay, Czech Republic and Greece. We might have problems because we don't know any of the language. But in Greece, it's not really a worry. I think over 50% of Greek people are fluent in English. Well, there are some things people may want to do that we did not get to do. So let's rattle those off real quick. Um, If you only have one day, Rick Steves (laughs) recommends (laughs) that you go to the Acropolis Museum, the Acropolis, and the National Archaeological Museum. 
we only had one day and we did one of those. Um, but also I think there's so much value in like shopping. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, but like shopping and being in the culture, going to a coffee shop, enjoying yourself. I think there's a lot for to say for that. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, like we stopped and got Greek yogurt for lunch. Yeah. And that was, we had such a great time. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would absolutely regret not trying Greek yogurt in Greece. Yeah. So things like that, you got to kind of fit that into. But um, he mentioned visiting the museum first, then going to the Parthenon. Um, and the British Museum has the famous Elgin marbles, which were stolen. And Greece is hoping that their new Acropolis Museum will compel Britain to give them back. That was just like (laughs) this funny little tidbit that I was like, huh, that's so funny. I feel like we'd heard that in multiple, like maybe heard that from our tour guide, also heard it in Rick Steve's tour and and just heard it several times. So it's on. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a big, big campaign to get that to happen. And one thing I would recommend doing is um, they have a lot of handmade sandals that they do in Greece, um, that they make in Greece. Mm -hmm. And I did not buy some, even though I needed sandals. I should have bought some. I needed some. Remember how I broke my sandals in San Sebastian? I flip flops and I was walking around barefooted with one Remember how you brought your Crocs? Yeah, but that wasn't playing out that well. (laughs) (laughs) So I needed sandals. So that's one thing I would do differently is I would buy sandals in Greece. Faux show. Gotcha. The other thing is I would really love to do the running at the stadium. Yeah. Going for a run at the stadium I think Mm. would be a really cool thing to do. So um, just ideas for other people as they plan their vacation to Athens and I would just recommend Athens too because you probably are going to have to hop a flight that's going to take you to Athens and then if you're headed to an island I feel like a lot of people just want to see the islands and they're amazing but don't discount Athens it is really just really something that we found to be a pretty cool city yeah definitely worth your time and if you are going to Greece the islands are, are so cool and that's what a lot of people go for, but they have a completely different vibe. So I feel like you could mix your vacation up a little bit by by doing a few days in Athens and then do the islands or vice versa, maybe Athens on your way back. But um, yeah, don't sleep on Athens. It's It's worth your time. That's right. So you guys, you can go find the video out on YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok, Facebook. Um, We are in most of the places you will find us. And uh, we also have a new way for you to reach out to us. That's right. We want you to connect directly with us and to your fellow listeners by sharing your travel insights and stories. So if you have some travel tips, maybe you've been to Greece and you've experienced some cool things that you want to share with everyone. What we would ask for you to do is to send those stories to us so that we can share them. And you can do that at our email, which is travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. You can either type up those stories and we'll read them for you, or you can record a voice memo on your phone and just attach that to an email and we can plug it right into the podcast itself so you can share your story in your own words. We are so excited to hear from you and share with everyone else. So please, please, please take advantage of that. Again, that is travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Okay, guys, go plan your next vacation because life is short. Wander well.